are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday, January 19th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. Today is yet another episode of Power to the Pod, which means you are steering the ship like doing this once a week, get a little bit of a pulse on what the fans are thinking at any juncture of the season, the offseason, or at this point in time we're seeing coaching staff changes coming through, we're waiting on an offensive coordinator hire, the Senior Bowls next week. So who says there's an offseason, right? I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, Director of Scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, and lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Excited to get into uh, today's show because, once again, No shortage of great questions posed by each and every one of you. But the place I'd like to start today is the news that the Dolphins did make a coaching staff change as of this morning. That change being uh, the Dolphins dismissed offensive line coach Steve Marshall, and they've promoted their assistant offensive line coach Lemuel Jean-Pierre to replace him. So Coach Jean-Pierre now in control. He played six seasons in the NFL between the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions uh, in the early portions of the 2010s. What makes this decision interesting is that the Dolphins have yet to fill their vacancy for their offensive coordinator position. And that's, of course, the coaching change that everybody's kind of sitting around on bated breath, waiting to find out what direction the Dolphins are going to go. Well, this doesn't tell us, but it does give you some clues. And those clues being, if you were going to bring somebody else in from outside the organization, you probably, probably, I say probably because we, we don't have anything definitive here, you probably would not be hiring and promoting and making other coaching staff decisions for that offensive coordinator. Now, ultimately, Brian Flores has final stay on staff, as is. But the general rule of thumb is if a coordinator is going to come in and he's going to execute his quote-unquote offense, he wants guys that can know and teach quote-unquote his offense. If the Dolphins are promoting an assistant offensive line coach, that seems to tell me that either Coach Studsville or Coach Godsey are going to end up being Miami's next offensive coordinator. As of right now, it's late morning on uh, Tuesday, the 19th. There is no official word. If you're listening to this in the afternoon and the hire has been announced, then you're welcome. The other pressing topic at hand, and there's a number of power to the pod questions about this. So we'll, we'll start here today as far as questions. Uh, I'm currently once again locked out of, we had a big, big update last week for iTunes reviews. If you left an iTunes review over the course of the past week, uh, I'm not seeing it right now on the device that I'm using to record, so we will circle back. Uh, We know it kind of backlogs, and that's no problem. We'll just continue to monitor it, and then we will do in mass. If they update in mass, we'll do them in mass. But uh, So the social media questions that I've gotten a lot of is surrounding a transaction that's taking place elsewhere across the league, and that being uh, the decision by the Baltimore Ravens to waive – Mark Ingram, running back Mark Ingram, uh, who was replaced, ironically enough, by the running back everybody wanted the Dolphins to take at 56 in J.K. Dobbins. And and Dobbins, of course, got sniped the pick before us 
by the Baltimore Ravens. So Ingram, uh, him being waived and released by the team now, which is what's happened, is going to allow him to choose, identify and choose the team that he wants to sign with at his leisure. He is not obligated to wait until the start of the league year in March to sign with a new team. And that is an important distinguishment to make because I think part of the appeal for signing Mark Ingram, if you are the Miami Dolphins, would be the timing of it. So I look at it like this. you know, In the Brian Flores era, Kalen Balaj was initially supposed to be the power back, and then Jordan Howard was supposed to be the power back. And we've swung and we've missed on, on both of those opportunities to introduce somebody who can run with, with power and authority between the tackles. That's not something I expect the Dolphins are just going to let ride or forget about. Um, and what I think they would probably benefit from, depending on how the contract is structured, that is, of course, first and foremost and paramount uh, to everything about every free agent transaction the Dolphins make, is getting him in-house early because what the Dolphins didn't do last year uh, was get a featured guy early. You know, Jordan Howard, maybe there was the anticipation based on what they signed him that he was going to be a featured guy. Um, but they, they ended up missing some of the draft prospects, and then they traded the, the day three pick, the fifth round pick for Matt Breida, on day three of the 2020 NFL draft. Getting somebody who's proven, as, who has, as recently as 2019, rushed for 1,000 yards and accounted for 15 touchdowns, Getting him on your roster early, I think, alleviates maybe some of the uh, the pressure to go out and spend big and spend big money on a Chris Carson or to go out and draft somebody in the top 20 if you don't feel like you're comfortable with that positional value at that juncture in the draft. So that's the appeal. How would you have to structure the contract? Well, if I'm the Dolphins and I'm trying to sign Mark Ingram. I'm going to point to my backfield and say there's a very clearly an opportunity here and what we would like to do is we'd like to sign you to a contract that is based uh, very heavily in performance incentives. So if you get on the field for the Dolphins and you ball out, more power to you. You're going to get paid. But we don't want to pay you $6 million a year as a 31-year-old running back to come in and be what you were for Baltimore in 2020 while we're paying you like you were Mark Ingram from 2019. That's probably the only way I would get excited about the proposition of Mark Ingram uh, because he is on the wrong side of 30. Uh, he is very clearly slowing down a little bit. I wouldn't say he's done or wouldn't say he's toast, but he's slowing down. Uh, if he signed today, he'd be the oldest member of the Dolphins roster. And that tells you a little bit about you know what direction the Dolphins as a team have generally been going, so I would be a little surprised. Uh, but if you find the right market price, a couple million dollars a year, and it's incentive-based, then yeah, I would love the Dolphins to kick the tires on Mark Ingram. I just don't know that we're going to get that. Uh, Mark may want to go somewhere in which he perceives as a better chance, a uh, little less of a, a team that's unproven, may want to go somewhere uh, with a little bit more of an established winning pedigree. Uh, so we'll see. But I wouldn't rule it out, and I wouldn't be upset if it happens unless they just give them guaranteed money. Uh, but that's a really good illustration of, of how they structured Jordan Howard's contract. The Dolphins cut Jordan Howard in season, and they owed him his, 2019 sal or his 2020 salary, and that was it. There's no dead cap on the books for Jordan Howard next year. You structure your contracts like that, you have a lot more flexibility moving forward with, with uh, your salary cap. 
The NFL playoffs are here, and while the Dolphins are not qualified, it does not mean you cannot still be a winner this winter. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all of your online sports bets, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. So power to the pod. It's your questions, your topics. We did have one non-football related topic to, that I did like to circle back to. So you never know what you're going to get on this show. First one that jumped out to me is from Eric. Uh, seeing how the Dolphins have one of the youngest teams in the league and have started, I believe, six rookies on offense, should they look to trade some picks for veterans, and what might that look like? So kind of extending uh, the thought process on Mark Ingram to the rest of the roster. I do think there are certain spots uh, that experience is, is really nice to have. I think backup quarterback is one of those spots. Um, I think it would benefit the Dolphins to have more experience with their depth pieces in the secondary. Uh, they got a lot of young guys there, a lot of unproven guys. And uh, Nick Needham has a couple years of experience, but right now he's not a depth piece. He started 60, he played 60% of the snaps last year for the Dolphins. I think that's an upgradable piece. And if you move Nick Needham to a backup piece, then yeah, I'm really excited about him being there as a two years of experience as a backup vet. I don't necessarily know that I would sit here and advocate, yeah, the Dolphins got to go out and get some guys that are, are 30, 32 years old and past their physical primes and, and just to be able to check the box. I know that's something the Buffalo Bills have made a big point of emphasis on uh, is they want to have one veteran player in every room on the roster, quarterback room, running back room, wide receiver room, all the way down the list. Uh, I think there is some merit there to that and what the Dolphins – may benefit from is just kind of looking through and perusing and okay you know who are the depth pieces that we can target that are gonna be you know within the bottom 15 players on the active 53-man roster uh, because they're towards the end of their careers getting a handful of those guys maybe two on each side of the football might benefit Miami uh, one of them that I would definitely peg is backup quarterback. If it's not going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, then we need to make sure we have somebody with experience if we're rolling forward with Tua Tungvalo. Uh Lloyd, I must be a really weird football fan, but I like our players. I don't want to trade anybody. Is this trend some type of fallout from the disease that is fantasy football? Uh, fighting words from Lloyd. His words, not mine. Do not shoot the messenger, please. I would say this, um, I think the Dolphins' ambition and flexibility and willingness to um, make moves happen that they have conviction or in the best interest of the team long term has really spurred on some of the creativity you see from the fan base. Who remembers what the reaction was when the report started coming out that Laramie Tunsil was in trade talks? No way. That ain't going to happen. There's no way the Dolphins are going to trade a franchise left tackle on a rookie contract, uh, entering into the prime career, da-da-da-da-da. Well, guess what? It happened. There's no way the Dolphins are going to cave and, and trade Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, they did trade Minka Fitzpatrick. 
So if you see those kinds of guys as of recent time, I don't think it's a fantasy football thing. I think it's more of a, this team has shown that no one is sacred. There is no one that is untouchable and everybody for the right price, if it's best for the team and best for business, they'll do it. They're not afraid of the repercussions and blowback of that, which is why I think it's, <laughs> I always get a chuckle out of those who indicate that the Brian Flores and Chris Greer are, are a super conservative duo as far as how they've built a team and, and the draft. And they, they want you to swing for the fences in 2021 because all you ever do is pick conservative players. Drafting Tua Tagovailoa with his medical questions was not conservative. Making the decision to trade Laramie Tunsil was not conservative. Making the decision to trade Mika Fitzpatrick because he had a bad attitude is not conservative. Everything that they've done about this rebuild has been about as ambitious of a rebuild as you can possibly sniff out in recent memory in the NFL. And I think that's the byproduct, Lloyd, and I think that's why you see the questions about, you know, oh, do we trade Tua and package picks for Deshaun Watson? Do we trade Xavier Howard? You know, and there are conversations that are warranted to have and each person will come to their own individual decision, just like the front office will come to those individual decisions. But theirs are the only ones that matter because they get to actually make the decision. Jared, if Miami were to target an established wide receiver from another team via trade, similar to how the Bills did Stephon Diggs, who would be the player you think would be a fit and what kind of compensation? Ooh, it's interesting. He follows up, somebody had asked him if Julio Jones would be a fit, and Jared followed up and said, Michael Thomas, question mark. So here's the thing. Michael Thomas, I'm interested in looking up what his, his uh, salary cap situation is. But the Bills hit a home run with Stephon Diggs, obviously. Led the NFL in receiving. He averaged almost 100 yards per game this season. He's a rock star. For Miami... You have the capital, and if you think you're that close, that's how you justify that move. Just like if you think you're that close, if you think you can easily you know, reimburse the rest of the skill positions, why some people think Deshaun Watson would be a move to be made. So that kind of boldness is really indicative of, of you know, how many chips you're willing to push in on a veteran player is really going to be indicative of what the Dolphins perceive their situation to be as a team that won 10 games. You know, do they think they've, they've been very clear and explicit to say there's no timeline. We're not putting pressure on anything like that. Uh, we're just taking it one day at a time. We're trying to get better at every position on the roster. So if the New Orleans Saints were to trade Michael Thomas this offseason, I don't think this is a good candidate. They would incur a $20 million dead cap hit, which is actually $1.2 million more than what he is owed against the salary cap. Now, they could do this in 2022, the Saints could, and they could save $7.8 million against the cap. Uh, They would only have to negotiate a $14 million dead cap hit in total. So no, I don't... Michael Thomas probably isn't that guy, personally. Uh, Is there somebody that comes to mind? I know Odell Beckham's a popular name to be perceived to be in the trade market. I'm not super keen on trading for Odell just because, you know, he's kind of bounced around a little bit now and he's 
struggled to find his footing, and and it's quite clear uh, the Browns' passing offense was better without Odell Beckham, which is a little concerning uh, when you take into account just how uh, his perception is and what it would probably cost in giving up a first-round pick. And the Dolphins have seen that firsthand with some of these receivers, too, that come in. Uh, and they kind of bog down the passing offense because you're, you feel so obligated to feed that player the football. I got to be honest, unless somebody gets slapped with like the franchise tag, I don't see a lot of attractive wide receivers that would make sense. You know, I'm not super keen on Julio Jones, kind of not the right type of player. And Stephon Diggs is a different player than that because Stephon Diggs is in the physical prime of his career and Julio is kind of past that juncture. So... I don't want to get um, somebody who's not going to give you their best miles. Speaking of miles, rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. You can visit rockauto.com to see their full collection of auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and in just a few easy clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are exactly the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, classic, or daily driver. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Continuing on power to the pod, the first of what is now two very Interesting non-football questions. Jake, you have to hide a paperclip anywhere in your house, and the FBI has 24 hours to find it. If they don't find it, you get $1 million. Where are you hiding it? Is this some kind of cheap ploy to find out like where I would hide the million dollars in my house if I want it so that you can come break in and look for it? Man, I have a couple different options here. I'm downstairs in my office right now, and I'm looking around. I'm sitting here looking at this. We have this big baby swing that's down here now. The, the joys of uh, the, the different kind of furniture additions you get to your home office when you have a kid. But the swing has all of these pipes, right, or the, the skeleton that props it up. Uh, it's about waist high that all like detach from each other. I'm thinking maybe I drop it inside one of those or I could go up and put it in the dirty diaper bin. Uh, I'd make sure to drop it into a diaper so that way, even if they did find it, like more power to you, you went through a bag of dirty diapers and un- individually unwrapped each diaper. If you're willing to go that far above and beyond the call of duty, then more power to you. Uh, Octavio. Any pass rusher who wins one-on-ones you like in this draft? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple really interesting pass rushers. Uh, the challenge for Miami is finding one who wins with his hand in the dirt, uh, who's not like 240 pounds. Because you have guys like Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, Hamilcar Rashad Jr. from Oregon State. These are all guys that are like, I just don't think they're going to shock a Tony from Penn State. I don't think they're going to be fits for Miami because they're light in the trunk. I got to name uh, Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State. He's like 258. He's a fun little player. 
Uh, he really flipped the switch and, and played his best football of his five-year career at Ohio State in 2020. He'd be a mid-round guy. I do think Michigan's Quiddy Pay uh, as a first-round option uh, would make a lot of sense for the Dolphins. He's freaking, he's like 275, uh, but he's going to run really good agility numbers and has really good explosiveness. And he also turned it on a lot in 2020. So a couple of Big Ten guys uh, to kind of keep an eye on. Numbers guy, new guards in the draft. Are we rolling with the same crew again? Does Jesse Davis start or come off the bench? Okay, so I'm going to write a formal letter asking for Jesse Davis to be the utility offensive lineman because there's a ton of value in being a guy that can play potentially all five spots. But I would prefer if the left side of your offensive line and the right side of your offensive line and your center did not include Jesse Davis. Put Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt next to each other. Hope Austin Jackson continues to develop as well at left tackle. You can make any kind of decision you want, whether it's bringing back Ted Karras or drafting a center. There's like five really good centers in this draft class that I feel like could start. And I would still be interested in, in pursuing a guard to try to replace Eric Flowers. I know that's a big money contract, but we've talked a little earlier this offseason. You could trade him, even if it's like, I'm going to send Flowers and a five and get back like a conditional seven. Almost what the Rams did with uh, keep to leave in 2019 with the Dolphins. Uh, they effectively bought a draft pick, right? I mean, you let somebody else buy a draft pick. Eric Flowers, I think he can start for teams, uh, but he's a, an average starting guard in the NFL, uh, getting $10 million. And some people will point to that and say, wow, Chris Greer, another flop free agent signing. That's kind of the price and cost of doing business in free agency regardless. So I understand why the Dolphins made the signing. They could not afford to strike out in free agency on the offensive line. They were really committed to getting better there. Uh, but you've seen really bright flashes from all three of your rookies. So now let's let's ask ourselves the question, okay, we structured the contract this way so there would be flexibility to get out. Let's see if we can find a way to push the ejection button and get somebody else in here uh, who has a little bit more high ceiling at the guard position. That's, that's how I would approach the interior offensive line. Bob. Does pineapple go on pizza? Your judgment is on trial here. Uh, this is probably going to be an unpopular take, uh, but I would eat just about anything on pizza. Within reason, but yes, pineapple, ham, you put it on pizza, I'm cool. Uh, Steve wants to know, should our expectations in 2021 be playoffs and 2021 a run of the Super Bowl? Uh, with so many holes on the team and patience with two more off seasons seems like uh, a real outlook in your opinion. I don't think the Dolphins have that many holes. It's why, you know, it's, it's surprising to hear the discussion about uh, the Dolphins' skill group and, and those who are not in favor of a potential move for uh, he from Houston who shall not be named. Um, talking about how bad the Dolphins' roster is. Well, first of all, yeah, the 2019, they tore everything down for a reason, right? But second of all, this is a team that won 10 football games. They have some talent. They have young talent, talent that needs to continue to develop and get better. They got plenty of talent on the defensive side of the football. You're encouraged by the three rookies who started on the offensive line. Miles Gaskin is an RB2 long-term is a great piece. Mike Gusecki looks good. The tight end room had the best tight end production season in the history of the franchise. Devontae Parker, if you get an upgrade and make him wide receiver too, okay, I'm really good with, with that potential of somebody else and Devontae Parker's your outside guys. Preston Williams becomes a depth player, and all of a sudden your, your depth's looking a little bit better. Go out and get a yak guy in the slot. 
I would personally advocate for three or four of the wide receivers on the team to be different, but you don't need to break the bank to get there. So I don't think the Dolphins roster is that far off. The Dolphins roster is young and inexperienced, and I think those things do matter. Um, but I think to answer your question, Steve, uh, the Dolphins specifically have been very deliberate to say, we do not have a timetable for what this looks like. We are just going to get better every day, better every season, better every offseason, better every week. And we'll roll our eyes and, and say, oh, it's cliche, it's, it's Dolphins coach speak, Dolphins GM speak, but that's legitimately their process. I would hope that the team can replicate the success that they had in 2020, make some improvements, and have a similar end result or better next year. What you want to avoid is the crazy regressions. And, you know, if the Dolphins finished 10-6 and and made the playoffs and they got boat raced in the first round, and then they come back the following season and they missed the playoffs and they won nine games, everybody would be disappointed. But I think that's the silver lining to this and missing the playoffs this year. Making the playoffs automatically makes it a better season as far as the end result and what you're searching for, which is to win a championship. Ian, uh, what are the chances Vince Beagle is at Dolphin next year? I'd like them better if he was under contract, right? So Vince, uh, not under contract, got injured, of course. Uh, the Dolphins' edge group has kind of come alive, and Andrew Van Ginkle kind of stepping up the way that he did, I think has really marginalized the need for Vince Beagle, which is a shame because Vince was a really fun player in 2019 to watch come into his own. He's one of those guys who made the most of his opportunity with the Dolphins. I'd like to see Vince back. I know there's some people that are mad at Vince uh, for a tweet that he sent out uh, regarding some of the, the, new, the rumors around the team this past week. But I would like to see Vince back in a depth role. These are the kinds of players that you retain, and all of a sudden your depth becomes very good. Last question. It's from D. James. What do we need to show that the new Finns have arrived? Metaphorically turn the page. Nickname, logo, color scheme, jersey, song, mascot, turnover change, etc. I'm excited for this team. I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited as well. If it were me, the way I would signify that the new Dolphins are here would be to embrace the lineage and history of the franchise and go back to these damn throwback uniforms full time. Make them the default kits. Embrace the heritage because, fun fact, from the year 1970 to 1995 or 2000 or 2004, whatever it was, somebody just put out this visual. The Dolphins had more wins in the NFL than any other team. It's like a 30-year stretch. The Dolphins were the winningest organization from just a wins standpoint of any team in the league. That matters, right? That's a huge deal. They're still fifth, despite the last 15, 20 years of crap. But you had a really rich history. And I think the Cleveland Browns, you know, I'm not going to say that the Cleveland Browns jersey change brought them all the success that they had, uh, but they kind of went back to kind of the heritage look. And I thought, you know, it was a really good look for them. And, and everybody loves the Dolphins throwback. So that would be my step number one. You know, you can keep, if you want to have the modern look as the alternative or the, the, the prime time look or whatever, you know, keep it around. 
But my number one prerogative, if I was going to turn the page and signify this is a different chapter of this organization's history, I would embrace the heritage of this team's history. I hope you guys enjoyed Power to the Pod, another one in the books. I always enjoy these talks. Make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. Follow along all week long. I'm sure we'll have some news to react to throughout the course of the week. We have the Senior Bowl next week. Lots to look forward to. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.